On this Saturday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I will be joined by Jonathan Alexander, Houston Texans beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle, as we get his thoughts on whether or not it's a good thing that the Houston Texans have to go back to Davis Mills as a starting quarterback. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a weekend episode of the Locked On Texan mm-hmm. Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, literally every day now. I'm John Hickman, <laughs> joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss the Houston Texans. Uh, there's no way we're going to talk about the Texans today and uh, th- their opportunity that they passed on, which I still think is a great idea, uh, the right decision. We're passing up on Baker Mayfield on Thursday against the Las Vegas Raiders, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. 98-yard drive that was capped off by a Baker Mayfield hmm. touchdown pass. On that drive and throughout that game, Baker Mayfield made some critical and clutch throws, very impressive throws for a guy that, you know, he didn't even put on a practice jersey for the L.A. Rams. Right, was signed and immediately put on the game jersey. Hmm. And the talk of the town is, did the Houston Texans make a mistake by not signing Baker Mayfield as they are the number one team on the waiver wire? Was that a mistake? I'm, I don't want to look at this conversation to say whether or not not claiming Baker Mayfield off of waivers was a mistake because, look, he would have brought better quarterback play for the to the Houston Texans within these last five games. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it really didn't make sense, like we mentioned early on in the week. It didn't make sense for them to do so because that's a veteran quarterback, wants to go to a winnable situation, a winnable situation where it looked like he can start and actually have somewhat of a future there. You know, the Houston Texans, it doesn't matter who's the starting quarterback is going to be for these five remaining games. Come week one of the 2023 campaign, we've been sitting here talking about the debut of Bryce Young, hopefully. But, John. Can I can I say something really quick? Go, go right ahead. So, my sister just called me, and she just had a baby. Hey. Sister, I'm, I'm doing a show right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> she just had the baby. I'm going to call you back. I got to do the show. Uh, locked on Texas fans. Shout out to my sister. I'm going to call you back. <laughs> Congratulations, man. It's always good to add a new addition to the family. But speaking of new additions, John, I don't want to turn this into whether or not the Houston Texans made a mistake by not claiming Baker Mayfield off the off of waivers. But I do want to look at it from a standpoint of the Houston Texans have basically done themselves a disservice by the strict rule of every single player that they bring in. It takes them three to four weeks before they get get out there on the field. And everyone knows the story about Baker Mayfield. He got he he was waived on Monday. The the Rams picked him up on Tuesday. Had what basically a, a walkthrough with the organization on Wednesday. He had an opportunity to lift that team up to a victory. Not only that, early on in the season, ironically, his or his former teammate and Christian Christian McCaffrey 
he had a similar experience, was waived by the Carolina Panthers on a Monday, and by that Thursday, he was helping the San Francisco 49ers win a game. Um, I forgot who their opponents was, but it, it, it did not take these players three to four weeks to get out there on the field. As for when you take a look at the Houston Texans side of things, it doesn't matter if it was Tyron Johnson, Tyler Johnson, and we're seeing it right now with, with Eno Benjamin that every single player that they bring in, every single time, we're sitting there asking ourselves, why is it taking so long for them to go out there and get meaningful snaps on the field? John, I mentioned and I understand that there is a big talent gap between guys like Tyler Johnson and Tyron Johnson and Eno Benjamin where you compare him to the likes of uh, Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey, but this is something I've been preaching for this entire season. You're 1-10-1. You are literally the worst team in the National Football League. And if you are preaching that you want to put better product on the field, why are you not using these players that you're getting, whether it be trade, whether it be through the waiver wire, whether it be through free agency? I don't understand it. Man, I, I look at the situation with Baker and I ask myself, you know, how complicated is this playbook? Um, it, it can't be that complicated. You're one ten and one. Well, that may, you know, that may play to why the offense is struggling because the playbook may be complicated and they may have had to shrink it down uh, to simplify it. But uh, again, guys, Baker Mayfield went to play for Sean McVay. Sean McVay is an extremely, extremely talented offensive mind that's been proven. Uh, and he's he's done that with the likes of Jared Goff, who, by the way, Jared Goff is playing some good football in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But one year, Jared Goff was a, a top five quarterback. I right? think that was 2018 or 2019. The year they went to the Super Bowl. Man, listen, Sean McVay is yards. So we're going to keep it to football. Football fields ahead of Pep Hamilton in terms of offensive mind. Uh, but I think everybody has a right to feel looking at Baker Mayfield, step on that field, get a game-winning drive after not even practicing and asking why does Tyrone Johnson or Tyler Johnson, why do those guys got to wait? Why does Eno got to wait? Why does, why does you know, any Lamar Rogers? has to wait and go through this learning curve process. So either this playbook in Houston offensively is complicated and it's a two-year playbook, which may be why we've seen a decline in Davis Mills, or like I mentioned on Twitter, because I addressed this as well, you know, maybe adding players on the field that can help your team out isn't in the plans. And that leads us to what are we doing to do? Embrace the tank. <laughs> Simply, man, you, you got to love what you saw out of Baker Mayfield on Thursday Night Football. Uh, it's good to see somebody who's been in the position that he's been in succeed like that. Hmm. Uh, but when we look at why why didn't he come to Houston or why has players in similar situations like Baker that has came to Houston not worked out? They released Tyrone Johnson. They released Tyler Johnson. And both of those guys, it took two to three weeks to get on the field. Well, offensively, Sean McVay is somebody who can make it work. Pep Hamilton, who the question marks were there when he was hired. 
You know, guys, these days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% sure and certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. Well, that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Super easy. Listen, create your job posts on LinkedIn Jobs for free. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions that can make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. This is really why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So with LinkedIn Jobs, like I mentioned, they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs, LinkedIn.com, excuse me, slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. And as promised, I have my brother, Mr. Jonathan Alexander from the Houston Chronicle. You guys know him as one of the Houston Texans beat reporter. Jonathan, what's going on, man? What's up, Cody, man? How's it going, bro? Doing well, doing well, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I am ready for the season to be over. (laughs) I'm so sorry that this was your welcome to Houston season. (laughs) <laughs> I apologize because I thought Davis Mills was going to be better. I apologize because I thought Lovey Smith was going to be better. I apologize because I thought this team was going to be better, man. So you I just want to say. Yeah, man. And I just want to say I'm sorry, but here we are entering week 14 of the regular season. The 110 and 1 Houston Texans are facing off against one of the best teams in the league. Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys at nine and three. Um, Jonathan, you've been around the team just as much as I have. Matter of fact, maybe even a little bit more. Um, what do you make of another quarterback change for the Houston Texans? I mean, I think it was a decision they had to do, right? I mean, you know, Davis Mills was struggling. He had led the league in, with 11 interceptions before mm-hmm. he was benched. But Kyle Allen, man, Kyle Allen was, was worse. I mean, you look at last week's game, man, and he gave more points to the Browns than he scored for his own team. You know, he had that uh, interception for uh, that pick six, and then he had the fumble that he fumbled that they were covered for a touchdown. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's one thing we know talking to Lovey and really any coach to beat for that matter, they don't like when when players turn the ball over. And Kyle Allen was making that number one mistake. So – they, they had to go. They had no no other choice but to go with Davis Mills. They, I mean, they could have signed Baker Mayfield as, as well, but the way their philosophy has been, it takes players. It obviously takes players a while before they want to put. They feel comfortable put somebody in the starting lineup, but they had to go with Davis Mills, and Davis Mills part of their future. So, um, you know, when they first benched him, it wasn't the it wasn't the end all be all. They knew that there was an opportunity that he could possibly come back, but it just happened sooner than later because Kyle Allen was just so bad. You mentioned you mentioned Baker Mayfield and me and my co-host John in the first segment. We just talked about it. Um, Jonathan, and I want to pick your brain on, on this. You know, do you think the Houston Texans kind of shot themselves in the foot, not just because they decided to pass on Baker Mayfield, but because of the fact that throughout this whole entire season, 
they have had an opportunity to pick up some great guys, whether they be off of waivers or whether they be through free agency. We look at um, Tyron Johnson, Tyler Johnson, as of right now, and I know you asked Levy Smith about this on countless occasions, um, the running back Eno Benjamin, you know, um, the philosophy that they have where if they bring in a new player, they bring in a new prospect, that it takes them three to four weeks to finally get going when you take a look at what Baker Mayfield did. You know, he he signed to the team on, on Tuesday, went to one practice, and next thing you know, he's leading them down a game-winning drive on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I'll say that what Baker Mayfield does, what, what Baker Mayfield did on Thursday night, I don't know that I've seen another player do that and and if it does happen it doesn't happen very often so that was kind of like an anomaly if you looked mm-hmm. at baker mayfield and the way he played uh for the carolina panthers he was terrible mm-hmm. um so any team um you know it would like it, it made sense that the texans didn't pick him up um now as far as them holding off on playing players i think that they have been um a little too reluctant to play players and to do things um when they haven't worked like i i think they a long time ago could have used the two running back system you know they've been mm-hmm. using damian pierce uh a lot and only damian pierce and i think that they could have gone to dare ogubawale a little earlier and maybe use him maybe maybe run it with damian 22 23 24 times and run it with dare 10 times i mean you're starting to see you see other teams in the league like the dallas cowboys for instance um like the like other team, uh, the Cleveland Browns who use multiple running backs, and I I think that's where uh, the Texans could have done a little bit better. You know, I don't know if they've tried themselves in the foot, but they could have taken other approaches. I think they've been slow in reacting to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they could have, been, could have been a little bit more quicker on adjusting. Um, but that Baker Mayfield thing, that was an anomaly. What he did was amazing. I don't think I've, I've I haven't seen a player come in on show. that doesn't happen. It is it is difficult. I, I look at last year I covered Cam Newton and it took he played well his first game. He had limited they simplified the offense for him. They only gave him a few plays uh, when he first came. Um, but after that, when he got fully ingrained into the playbook and they made him the starter he struggled because he didn't know the playbook in such short period of time that is difficult so what Mm -hmm. baker mayfield did was an anomaly and i don't think he'll have another game like that i think he hit lightning in a bottle Mm. um there's five games left into this terrible season and it's even worse (laughs) because it's the 20th anniversary of the houston texans but five games in um you heard lovey smith say it early on in the week um that he's hoping that because Davis Mills had an opportunity to study the game from afar over the last two weeks, he's hoping that that's actually going to improve his play a little bit similar to what took place last year, even though instead of sitting out for two games, he set out for four. Jonathan, do you see any type of way Davis Mills can actually be better than the, than the performance that he put on um, prior to his benching? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, him having sit out will allow him to kind of sit back and, and look at what he's done wrong. Um, just give him a chance to breathe and maybe even rest up a little bit and kind of look at film, take more time to look at film. I mean, he mentioned in his press conference that, you know, it was kind of week to week after you lose, you move on. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a whirlwind for him. And, and maybe a lot of things were moving too fast for Davis. So, uh, you know, he, he benefited from the time off last year. And, and I, I think he can possibly take, 
uh, what he learned from this year and his struggles and, and apply that here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he can play better. I think he will play better. I think it's going to be a struggle um, because it's looking like Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks won't play in this game, so he'll be without his top two weapons. But I, I think the other thing that the Texans are going to do is they're going to put a huge emphasis on running the football. They're not going to go away from the running game. They're going to try mm-hmm. not to uh, make things difficult for Davidson. The thing that got Davis in trouble really was his turnovers, and I think if he's mindful of that, he can be a better player. Hmm. Um, Jonathan, last question before getting out of here. Um, the Texans playing against the Cowboys, like I mentioned, one of the best teams in the league. Um, is there anything that you see when you take a look at this matchup? Is there anything you see where you say if the Houston Texans exploit this, they can have a small chance – uh, pulling out what will probably be the biggest upset of the season. Mm, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, but not in actuality, I, I think the only way the Texans win this game is if they have they put on the same type of defensive performance that they put on. They stopped the run like they did mm-hmm. against the Browns. They, they played they played they played well enough to win that game uh, defensively. Um, offensively, they were just putrid. Um, but you know, if they stopped the Browns' running game. Um, they've been limited in the passing game all year, except that Dolphins game. If they have a good defensive game and they run the football and they establish the run and Davis Mills doesn't turn over the ball, like they use that same, that that blueprint is what they what they use to beat the Jaguars. They ran the football well. They played great defense. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't do too much. Davis Mills doesn't even have to do too much. If they cannot turn over the if they cannot turn over the football. Which means they will win the turnover battle because they, if they play good defense, they're going to get a turnover. That means they win the turnover battle. They establish the run. Um, then I think they could pull off the upset. But do I think it will happen? No. Uh, it's, it's it's just too many factors. Not enough weapons out there. Uh, you know, the Texans. Uh, while I think they'll probably play better than they did last week, I just don't think they have a chance at winning. Mm. And really quick, um, before I um, I let you go, you you mentioned. Um, the Texans actually improving with their ability to stop the run. Um, do you really believe that they made improvements in that area, or do you think it's more so when you take a look at the past three games? I mean, you take a look at Washington, you take a look at Miami, they basically beat them with their passing attack. And then when you t- take a look at um, what the Cleveland Browns did, they was basically using that game more so of a scrimmage to get Deshaun Watson back into rhythm, to say the least. Yeah, I think they've improved. I mean, I look at uh, the yards per carry, and mm-hmm. even even dating back to the Giants game, Giants just ran it 47 times. Oh, yeah. They had a lot of yards, but they just ran it so many times. Now, I think um, Saquon had, like, I think it was 4.3 or 3.9, someone yeah, along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they held them to a good uh, yards per carry average, and, and that's what I look at when I see whether they made improvement. Because if, if you go back to the game against the Titans, the game against the Raiders, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry, and I can't remember the second string guy from the from the Titans. Khalil they, Herbert. Yeah, uh, no, that was from the the Bears. Oh, the Bears. The yeah, Bears. yeah, yeah. But um, but it was a second string guy who slipped in my mind for the Titans. But they were just getting, they were busting off ten yard gains, ten yard gains, ten yard gains. Their yards per carry average was high, and they were getting anything they wanted. Mm-hmm. And then Henry, of course, ran for more than two hundred yards again. But um, you know, I don't. I, I see them. You know, the defense. The defense line is is doing a lot better job. Malik Collins is there. Um, you know, they're doing a better job of of, of making tackles. So they they've definitely improved. 
uh, in stopping the run for sure. But I, it doesn't mean that they're they're some good run stopping team, but they're better than they were early in the season. Hmm. Jonathan Alexander, one of the Houston Texans beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle. Jonathan, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John M. Alexander, J-O-N-M Alexander. Uh, and you follow my coworker, Bruce Cabina, B. Cabina, and, uh, and our work at HoustonChronicle.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you're going to love. And that's why you'll be able to find it. A sneak peek of the Block Forever podcast available on Locked On NFL right now. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil says now with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real information about what happens on the field, behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. So head over to the Locked On NFL for a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere right now. Audible, hey, get in the game. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. Once again, that was Jonathan Alexander, Houston Texans beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle. And, you know, John... I just had to apologize to him. I've already apologized to DJ Enemy, uh, the ESPN reporter. Um, I had to apologize to those two because when they got here, um, I, you know, I told them that the Texans are still in the early stages of the rebuild, but I told them that, you know, Davis Mills had some promise, and I told them that this year's Houston Texans team would not be as bad as last year's Houston Texans team. And I started giving out my apologies after Derrick Henry told them up inside the NRG stadium. And I still feel like my apologies isn't enough. <laughs> sometimes it's not. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you know what? Uh, sometimes apologies, just saying I apologize ain't enough. Now, both of us, we come from the 90s. We 90s babies. Sometimes, you know what you got to do? You got to beg. <laughs> Baby, I know. Oh, we got <laughs> end of the Oh, road. man. Yeah, man. Got to do that sometime when you want to apologize and say I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, but we also got to get into the YouTube comments. <laughs> uh, really quick, man. Actually, my brother, uh, Avery D. he commented on one of our shows. He said, who has a name or brand that's in the NFL that wants to play for the Texans. It either has to be a rookie who has to establish himself, uh, but an established player doesn't want to come to Houston. That's going to be an issue, bringing in players in the free agency. And I 100% agree with that statement, you know, and that's part of the reason why this season is another disappointment because – John, as I mentioned early on in the week, you know, when Lovey Smith was hired, Pep Hamilton was elevated. 
Um, it seemed like there was some stability. You had some promise in Davis Mills. You had a really good um, draft class that you was able to put together because you knew going into the 2023 offseason, you know that this team was going to fall into a lot of money. They're going to have to overpay subpar talent in order to get a little bit of talent here. And it's unfortunate because I truly do believe had the Texans show some sense, some sense of stability, um, they would have been in better line of getting better talent in order to have a better season for the 2023 campaign. Derek Dynasty, we know Cody a few shows back. You know, I asked the world, name the top five love songs. So Derek <laughs> Dynasty responded, and I think this first song should be on everybody's list. Cause I love you, Lenny Williams. Then he continued with Call My Name, Prince, Sweet Lady by Tyrese, mm. Adorned by Miguel. And this next song, I love. And it was a <laughs> shocker that this made the list. My Imagination by The Temptations. Mm. I, I like that pick. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't necessarily call that love song. That's more like one of those sad songs, though. My, my Imagination? Yeah, because oh. at the end of the day, he's singing about he wanting to be with this person, but it's just all of his imagination. I have a theory on Cause I Love You, by the way. When you listen to that song, at the beginning of the song, it always sounds like a car door is opening, like a the at the beginning of that song, very faint. Mm -hmm. I feel like Cause I Love You was a stalker song. And I put two, two together. He was getting you out could, the car. You could kind of say the same thing about just my imagination. The first line. Each day through my window, I watch her as oh, she man. passes by. Oh man! I say to myself, "Oh such man, such a lucky guy." Oh man! The That's why I say with music, it doesn't matter if it's love songs, pop songs, rap songs, country songs. Don't listen to the words because it would kill. It would kill your thoughts about that song. I just want black folks to realize. Before I Let Go is a song about him going to sleep around before he locked down with a woman. See what I mean? Um, but See you know, I, I want to move on to Jarvis Price. He said that uh, they could also trade the first pick to the Saints. They need a quarterback, too, hmm. for some picks and the rights to Sean Payton if they decide to move on from Lovey and if Sean actually wants to come back. Now, interesting enough. Uh, even though trades for coaches are very rare, it has happened. The most well-known one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sending four draft picks, including two first-rounders, and $8 million to the Oakland Raiders for John Gruden <laughs> in 2002. It worked out for them, though. They, uh, Tampa Bay did. And you know what's funny? The Bucks beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl. I remember that. And uh, was it Derek Thomas? He ran. They needed a certain amount of turnovers on the year for the Tampa 2 defense, and they got it in the Super Bowl uh, with an uh, interception ran back to the house. I would love Sean Payton to come to Houston, of course, because, you know, I'm from New Orleans. Saints my number one team. Um, but I, I don't think he would be – I don't think he'd be interested in coming back to the NFL to coach the Houston Texans and – you also got to keep in mind, he also wants to go somewhere where he's going to have a certain type of power. And look, it's been a power struggle with the Houston Texans for a very long time. And 
if if Nick Casario is still the general manager, um, I definitely don't see that happening. But what I would say is, if Sean Payton was to come um, to Houston, John, you played around with this idea a couple of weeks ago, and I do want to bring it back up. That that means they would definitely have to go out and get. Bryce Young, you look at a quarterback who is a little bit undersized. Um, you know, he's not really like a physical stature, not really your ideal, but he has Super all the traits that you want. And he basically had the same thing in a in a still up and coming Drew Brees when the New Orleans Saints signed um Drew Brees and and hired him in 2006. And look what those two guys were able to do. So yeah, I, I wouldn't know. say trading their first pick because if Sean Payton wants to come to Houston, he wants that first pick. Well, they got well, yeah, two. They, they're gonna have two top ten picks, and I think the Browns, but the Browns right, right now is like eleven or twelve. But he said the first pick. Oh, the very first, the number no, one, number no, no, one. No, no, no Sean no, Payton's no, no, no. gonna want that. Sean Payton's no. gonna want that. Hey man, thank y'all for stopping by, kicking it with us over the weekend for the, with the Locked On Texas podcast. I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And by the way. I got a niece in the world now, another niece in the world now. So I'm happy. I'm all smiles, man. Enjoy the weekend. Y'all do the same. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. If you are a Houston Texans fan going to Dallas and watching the game, I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten you're going to get into a fight in the stands. Win. Just win the fight. Lose that Fight because the, the fight. on the field, we're definitely going to lose, but give us something to cheer about. At least paint some. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.